Welcome to Bored Women, a podcast that explores the world of women and confidence through the lens of board sports. This is about finding time for you and reconnecting with the joy and adventure in your life. I'm the founder, Caroline Keylock, and I'll be speaking to women in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond who are pushing the boundaries of what their bodies can achieve. We'll also feature confidence coaches who can help us break down our fears and perimenopause experts to dig into our changing bodies and minds. You feel really rinsed, you feel really exhilarated, you feel really excited, you feel really nervous. You notice the nature around you, the cliffs, the birds. It's the best feeling, it really is. My guest today is Hayley Lawrence, also known as middle-aged surf mum. Hayley tried surfing many times in her life, but it became her whole life in her 40s. She's now a writer, surf coach and runs a surf travel company. Hi Hayley, welcome to the Board Women podcast. For a little bit of background on Hayley and how I guess I found her for the podcast, um, when I first kind of got into the space of thinking about board women, I was looking for these other inspirational women in surfing and Hayley really stood out because she was a similar age to me and really kind of exploring that whole world and I just found that super exciting and engaging. Hayley, we have a first question that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And that question is, when did you last fall? Well, I fall every time I go surfing. It's all part of the experience. You spend a lot more time under the water than on top of the water when it comes down to surfing. However, last weekend I had a particularly bad experience in the in the water where I just did not have the strength to paddle out. And every time I got halfway, I felt like the ocean was ejecting me back to the shore I just couldn't make it out through one section and as much as I tried and however many duck dives I did I'd get a certain way I'd almost be out back I'd pause and a set would just come and roll me straight back into the shore and it just makes you feel so feeble when you're uh, back where you started looking at a mountain of waves to get out through and um, so it's all part of the experience and when you do finally make it out it's uh, all the more worthwhile what happened that day? Did you ever manage to get back in or did you just say, this is not the day for me? I had to give up that day. I was tearful. I was wobbly. I was just not feeling strong. And it was one of the, the days where I had to cave in and realise I didn't, I didn't have it in me that day. And uh, I didn't surf for, for a few days. And Saturday I went out in the same size or slightly bigger surf and had the most amazing wave ever. But as I paddled out, I thought, am I going to do this? And uh, I got halfway and thought, maybe I can't. And uh, when I finally made it out back, it took me 45 minutes to get my confidence together, be in the right place. And I got one of the best waves I've had in, in months. Isn't it so funny how we can just have days like that where the conditions are actually exactly the same, but the thing that varies is us and our brain and our particular aptitude that day for kind of taking on something that makes us fearful. Yeah, it was definitely my mental strength the, the weekend before. And uh, it's really difficult to overcome at the time because we really feel like we should just keep pushing ourselves even when sometimes it's, it, it's beyond us and it's not strength or ability. It's sometimes just a dip in the month, a dip in the cycle, um, a lot of other things going on. But then when we do make it through, it's, it's all worth it. And, and you've got to think of it as a different experience where you're just going there for the paddle, you're going for the fitness, you're going for the mindfulness and uh, not force yourself to make it the best surf ever every time. 
Are you someone that berates yourself when that happens? Because I, I know I am, so I'm, I'm curious. I'd love to be very inspirational and say, no, of course I don't. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, all the time, I hate myself sometimes just because I feel feeble, beaten by it. Um, I want to be good at surfing. I love surfing, but I'm a very inconsistent surfer. So sometimes I'm out there and you know catching every wave and other times I'm out there falling off, not getting out, taking off in the wrong spot, going the wrong way, it's going left and I'm going right. And, uh, and I come in and I, I you know, tell myself how shit I am, which doesn't do you any good, but uh, it's, it's a natural part of the, the process. It's frustrating, it's a frustrating sport um, for all its joy. It's, uh, it's also very frustrating. I can definitely relate to all of that. And I think that recognising that it's as much about the journey as it is the end destination is so hard to wrap yourself around as an adult because we like to be good at things and we like to feel the sense of achievement. And it's it's quite hard to recognise that sometimes getting it wrong is as important as getting it right. Yeah, I think the journey changes. I think for me, once I realised in my 40s that I didn't have anything to prove, I didn't have to be very good at surfing. I wasn't doing it for anyone other than myself. I found those moments easier to deal with. So it's only for myself that I'm out there in the ocean. And uh, yeah, I find it a lot easier these days just to walk away and think this is just one surf. And I've had so many amazing surfs on the in-betweens. But you know that one bad surf isn't so bad and the ocean is there to humble us and bring us back down to earth as well. So whenever you get to a stage in surfing where you feel like you've made a breakthrough, something comes along and takes you back to to another stage where you've got another challenge to overcome. So that's part of the beauty of it as well. I like that thought of it humbling us. I'm a cold water swimmer as well and there are days where I go out sometimes and I just stand there, look at it and recognise that day isn't safe for me to be in there. And it's super frustrating because I've got, you know, my boots and my gloves on, <laughs> put my dry robe on to get out of the house. But sometimes I just have to turn around and go back and just say, you know, it's, it's a bit better than me today, actually. And, and tomorrow's another day. Yeah, it's really nice to have that ability, though, to be able to look out and know when it's going to be too big or you're not going to have fun or it's just a little bit beyond your, your boundaries. I, I believe you've always got to to break your boundaries slightly and, uh, you know, get into the fear zone to, for it all to, to, not to be worthwhile, but to progress. But uh, I think it's really good to be able to stand on the shoreline or escape or wherever you are, or a mountain, and just know that actually today it's not for me and that's okay. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you came to surfing and, and why it took to your 40s for it to really <laughs> stick. I know there's a, there's a journey that you've gone through with it. Oh, such a long journey. I could talk all day. Um, so, yeah, I, I was in Australia in my early no, late teens, early 20s, and uh, I'd seen surfing on the way in California. So I decided when I went to Australia, I'd be a surfer chick. Um, bought a secondhand surfboard when I first got out there and uh, managed to paddle myself out at a, uh, a break near Perth. I thought I was, you know, great, it's just going to glide in. But uh, obviously, <laughs> I didn't know I paddled out. Yeah, I came in coughing and spluttering and lying on my board and uh, then lying on the beach. But uh, I kept trying and I was living in Noosa. And I had an accident with a sandbank where I English headed off on the shallow, shallow sandbank and uh, ended up in neck breaks for six weeks. Um, at which point, uh, Aussie guy who was living in the same house chair turned around and said to me, well, you can't surf, you're a pom and you're a girl, which uh, 
<laughs> there's a lot of chauvinistic uh, attitudes to, to surfing over there, especially in the in the 90s. And in a way, I kind of believed him. And after that, my boyfriend at the time bought me a bodyboard. So I carried on in the water because they'd always take me out breaks that were way too big for me. They were all surfers. I'd be floundering around in the white water. So I stayed on a, on a bodyboard for most of my time in Oz. Then I moved back to Cornwall four years later and uh, brought my surfboard with me, thought I'd give it another go. And uh, in Cornwall, I just had different priorities. I was at college and then I moved to London for a job. Um, and I kind of just put surfing on the back seat um, until I got a job. One of my jobs was working for a travel magazine and one of the jobs was to go on a surf retreat in Wales. At which point I kind of remembered my, my mission to surf and it being part of something I wanted to do in my life. And just that connection to the ocean was wonderful after being in London and my gills drying out for a couple of years. Um, so I moved to Cornwall, which my editor thought was uh, career suicide. Moved to the North Coast so I could be close to the beach. Got myself uh, a mid-length surfboard, or a mini-mal they're called. And uh, I set about my mission of surfing again. Shortly into this mission, I met my husband-to-be, ended up moving down to Hale, had children, and surfing again took a bit of a, a back seat, as it does when you're busy trying to work and, uh, and have young kids. My middle son was just a few months old. Um, I became a single parent and again decided to, uh, in the short amount of time I had to myself, or didn't have to myself, I decided that I would get back to surfing because I spent a lot of time on the beach with the children and the dog and I really needed to do something just for me. So for an hour a week I'd put the children into crash, two hours a week into a crash and uh, I decided to go and take myself surfing at a place called Gudrivi near where I lived and all I wanted to do was just learn to stand up on that surfboard and ride along a wave. I'd watch people out back, I thought I'd never ever get to that stage um, I just did it so I could do something for myself. Um, on a Wednesday evening, there was a lady in the village called Marilyn, um, an old lady who'd come and help me for an hour so I could get out of the house because um, I had no time and I'd run across the dunes and uh, go body surfing um, as well. So I really had that connection to the ocean and spent a lot of time with the kids on the beach. Yeah, I eventually moved up to Morganporth, uh, just north of Newquay, where I, where I live now. And I had a third child, um, and at the time I was seeing a, a surfer who didn't really agree with me surfing his break. He thought I was a bit of a kook, um, and he decided I should probably spend a bit more time making sandwiches and being on the beach. And he didn't like me going out when the tide was right and the time was right. Um, so <laughs> um, I just decided on my 40th birthday, I took myself to Sri Lanka and took myself on a, on a learn to surf camp with Sol and Surf. Um, so yeah, that's where I just decided I wanted to surf. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. And my surfing journey really began. Can I just say hurrah for the woman who took your kids for you so you could just go out and bodyboard or surf once a week? Yeah. How much do we all need those people in our in our village helping out? It's so important. So, so talk me through it now, because it's challenging, right? It's challenging being a single parent with kids finding the time it's challenging being any parent finding the time you know, what role does it play in your life now and how does it make you feel 
Um, well, I think as a family, it's what we did and how we spent time because I had the connection to the ocean. I basically spent a lot of time on the beach with the kids and then they've grown up in, in the ocean as well. And I've taken them off all sorts of places. Now I've taken them to Sri Lanka. We've done Portugal, France, Spain. Uh, I've travelled Nicaragua to Costa Rica with them. And uh, we've just all managed to get, get in the water and, and form that connection that's been our, our family thing to do. And so I think for us as a family, it's been our, our lifestyle. And then for me as a person, I think it's been my, my time out. It's been my way to, I guess it's been how I've grown as a parent because it's all the challenges the ocean threw up for me. It's enabled me to both get time away from everything going on on land and all the challenges and the being the breadwinner, being the parent, being you know everything to everyone. And you go out in the sea and all you can think of is the next wave, where it's coming from what you're going to catch, is that set going to land on your head and you just have these hours of, of mindfulness and only thinking about the ocean. So when you come in, you feel like a, a recharged, different, different person. That focus is quite addictive, isn't it? Being able to leave the to-do list somewhere else and just have some escape from it for an hour. Yeah, I feel like it's you cast away. It's the, it's the only place no one can get you. <laughs> no email, <laughs> no, no other parent, nobody can, uh, yeah, nobody can disturb that thought process. And it's really important, I think, to have that, that time. Imagine you're on your board now and you close your eyes. How does it feel when you're on there and you're surfing and it's going well? I think the paddle out feels challenging a lot of the time, but I kind of really like that. The ocean really rinses you, that first duck dive. You feel really rinsed, you feel really exhilarated, you feel really excited, you feel really nervous. And then the being out back and waiting, I feel like the light is always amazing. You notice the nature around you, the cliffs, the birds, everything just seems in the, so vibrant and so alive and everything else just disappears. And then when it comes together and you see that wave coming and you know you're gonna go for it, I guess that's the moment that you just put everything into it and then it either works or it doesn't work, but that when it does, it's, uh, it's the best feeling. It really is. It's just that feeling of freedom and speed and the spray in your face and looking at what you're gonna do next and when it's gonna close out and throw you off and how long you're gonna ride it for. And uh, yeah, when you come in, you just wanna do it all over again. Everything you just said just made me want to go and jump in the water. It's so rough and so windy here today and the sea is not going to be in my life today. It makes me very sad. Um, you spoke at the beginning of our conversation about you know that moment where you tried to paddle out for ages, couldn't do it, had to give it up that day and how frustrating surfing can be as a sport. Can you tell me how you've overcome situations like that in the past? You know, How do you overcome the fear and the frustration? I think... It's depended on where I've been on that day and that situation. Um, I've come in in tears. I've come in frustrated. Sometimes I've paddled through it and had the best surf ever. Um, but I think it's very reflective of, of life in general. I think if we crumble underneath all its challenges, we let it get to us. But if you just take it one step at a time, one paddle at a time, one duck dive at a time, you keep going. I feel like we can get to places that, uh, that, yeah, we wouldn't if we just folded under the pressure of it all. I think that's just entirely human, isn't it? You, when you first moved there, you started up a surfing group for mothers. Tell me a little bit about that. 
It was when I was in, uh, when I first came to Morganpool. First of all, I didn't know many other female surfers. So first of all, we had a WhatsApp group called Gurfers, Girl Surfers, which somebody <laughs> thought I'd set up a group called Guffers. And not <laughs> many people knew me, so that was quite amusing. Um, but anyway, we've still got that going and we let each other know when we go surfing. That's just other girl surfers in the area. So we just, especially when the conditions are challenging, it's nice to know when someone's out there. Because uh, I had three friends that were very instrumental in me learning to surf, three women, and they used to paddle out, and I'd see them on the horizon, and I was just like, I've just got to get out to them. And I'd get halfway, and I'd turn around if a big set came, and I'd let it wash me to shore, and they were like, Hayley, you've just got to keep going. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so they were so inspirational in my surfing journey. And then after, once my children, my um, youngest is nine now, so a couple of years ago, when I was st- set up Family Surf Co. Um, with my business partner, Celine, we decided to set up a mum's surf group. It was, um, I think it was a result of the pandemic, just after the pandemic. And we just thought mums needed their time out because we knew what surfing meant to us. So in conjunction with the local surf school, King Surf, we set up a mum's surf group on a Saturday evening just to encourage mums to come away, especially on that Saturday evening bedtime, give yourself an evening off and just spend a couple of hours in the sea. And uh, we had a great crew of, of mums come and join us. And we just felt like surfing had done so much for us. We wanted to encourage other women to get in the water and spend that time away from their children and, uh, and learn a new sport, take risks and uh, yeah, try something new and push themselves a little bit. Tell me about Family Surf Key and why you set it up. Um, well, as a travelling parent, we just found that, well, well my business partner as well travelled a lot with her family. And uh, we just found that it's very difficult to find the right places to go with your with your kids, but everybody's happy. So you've got surf for all different levels. You've got accommodation that's close to the ocean. Um, you've got the right breaks that you, you feel safe as well, traveling with your family. So because we'd done a lot of surf travel, people would always ask us for advice, which kind of gave us the idea that perhaps we could help set up their holidays and make sure that they got to the right places and had a great, a great time. So yeah, then we set up Family Surf Co and uh, did exactly that, made ourselves travel agents for a while. Um, we're not selling holidays anymore. The finances were quite difficult as a result of the pandemic, but we're just an advice site now and we're very happy to help people find the right places to, to go with their families. And we just continue to travel with our own families and uh, keep spreading the word. So your kids all surf, but I know that you've gone through stages with them where perhaps they've been less keen. And, you know, I know you felt some influence from that of perhaps it's because you're so keen that maybe they've got less keen at different times. Talk to me about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I've got three boys. So, like, imagine being a 12-year-old boy. Your mum's not cool. Um, no 12-year-old boy. Well, if you're a 12-year-old boy that finds your mum cool, good on you. But uh, what your mum does isn't necessarily what you want to do. So my eldest, who's now 14, who was a good sur- is a good surfer, but um, just got through a stage where he didn't want to do what I did. And so he got really into football and is really into football, which is great. Um, but also he just didn't want to come out surfing with his mum all the time and thought it wasn't cool because it's what I do. Um, so yeah, he's very capable in the water and still still goes out, not so much with me these days. Um, um, the 12 year old's still out there, but he's a little bit more like me with his confidence and he takes it really hard with the frustrations of, of learning to surf, even though he's actually uh, way better than, uh, than I could be. Um, and then I've got a nine year old, he's still very happy to come surfing with his mum, absolutely loves the water. And uh, I'm sure by the time he's 11 or 12, we'll begin to think that uh, it's less cool too, but hopefully not. We're seeing lots of women in their 40s, 50s, 60s 
kind of suddenly embracing surfing and you know sports of a similar ilk why do you think that is I think when you hit your 40s especially you begin to realize that you're not invincible and also it's your time to do something for yourself I feel like 20s were for building a career 30s were for having a family I mean it's very stereotypical but when you get to 40 you realize that there's not much time to do what you've dreamt of doing and having time for yourself I think we also realize that doing things for ourselves makes us uh, better parents better friends better in relationships so I think it's it's really nice to to strike out and push push our comfort zones a little bit and try something new one of my friends who started the Surf Moms Club, who now surfs all the time. Uh, she started at 52 and has no preconceptions about being like the best surfer out there, but absolutely loves it. And it's all about just regaining a sense of, of self and a sense of freedom away from everything else around you, be it your job, your family, your relationship. It's really empowering to have that, that time and something you're progressing in. I know you've been to some amazing places through surfing. So I know recently, you know, places like Senegal, the Hebrides. How's that been? And, you know, how has that challenged your confidence in, you know, I guess both going and surfing somewhere very unfamiliar with some challenging conditions, potentially with new groups of people? Um, yeah, because I think surfing for me the last 10 years was just surfing with my family. I'd take them away on trips. And then in the last couple of years, I've started to go away with and without them. So I first of all took myself to the Outer Hebrides, to Lewis, um, a couple of summers ago. Um, I dropped my, my kids with their cousins in Scotland on the way. And I wanted to find empty waves because in Cornwall it can get really busy. So I got to the Isle of Lewis, just me and my dog. And uh, they are empty waves. There's nobody out there. And the sense of, of just vastness and fear was was overwhelming because I'd finally got what I wanted but I thought wow I want to paddle out here where there's absolutely nobody if something goes wrong you know so uh, I had to like look look for other surf fans and see if there's if there's one other person in the water then I'd paddle out I fell in love with that place it's so that it's an amazing incredible place to visit but but yeah it's just wild so wild compared to Cornwall and I also went to Senegal last winter and the conditions there the waves there really challenged me I went through a full surfing journey from progressing, getting better, coming out on some, uh, some very hollow reef breaks, getting annihilated on a reef break, getting a foot full of urchins, my confidence going back to, the, to zero and then slowly climbing back out of it to, uh, to get back on the, on the reef breaks again. So yeah, that was the best surf trip I've ever been on, but it was a full, a full journey. I read about the urchins, I was going to ask you about them, so I'm glad you brought them up. But in that kind of circumstance where you're going through that journey... I don't know about you, but I've definitely had these periods where it's been, well, I'm not supposed to do this. Why am I even doing this? You know, am I even chasing after the wrong identity in doing this? Like, talk me through your kind of mindset when that kind of thing happens and how you claw yourself back. I get that quite a lot. I especially got it in Senegal because it was the first time I'd gone that far and I'd left my children with their dad and said, right, I'm going to go off and, and surf this place. And and I'm thinking, why am I being so selfish, taking, taking on something like this, A, leaving them behind, and then also putting myself in a situ- this risky situation? Do I have to do this? And I often get it even just when I'm paddling out, and I think, well, there's no other nearly 50-year-old women out here. I get out the back, you know, especially on the bigger days, and uh, there's never any, well, there's occasionally the odd, the odd older woman out there, but it's not, 
not really women of our age putting themselves in this situation. And then I wonder if I'm just being selfish or what am I trying to prove? But the honest answer is I do really, really love it. And I just think if I'm living my life and I'm out there putting myself on the edge and I'm doing something I really enjoy, if I'm sharing that with my family or showing them that that's possible and inspiring even one person to try it, then they might find that same same joy and that same edge. What you get out of it, like physically and mentally, is uh, indescribable. Isn't selfish such an unusual word that we use in these situations to describe doing something that makes us happy and therefore should make the people around us happy if they kind of want what's best for us as well? Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's that happy because... I will say to myself now, surfing makes me happy, so that's what I'm going to do. But you see, if blokes went surfing, they wouldn't say, oh, I'm being selfish. That's just what they do. They go off on a trip with their mates. They're not going, oh, can I leave my kids? I'm being selfish. So why do we question it so much? Why do we feel like a bad parent if we leave our children to go and do something that we love, something that makes us who we are and something that makes us happy? Surely that's a good thing. I think particularly you're leaving them with another parent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so the, I mean, there really shouldn't be any questions, should they? But I'm, I'm doing the same thing. In a week, I'm going to a longboard and surf camp for a week in Portugal. And my partner Amazing. and I are, you know, really good with each other going away and doing something independently because we recognise it makes us happy. It makes us a better parent, better partner as a result. So we're both lucky in that respect. But I must definitely have people who know me who question that decision and, you know, question if my daughter is saying, oh, mummy, don't go away, you know, that that's a terrible thing to do. But she would say that about daddy as well. And I don't think the same, the same guilt would be experienced. Yeah, there shouldn't be that separation. I think it's something that you should be able to do. I mean, as a single parent, for me, it's all or nothing. I either have my children all the time or I hand them over and then I get that, that time off. So I guess I always want to do something just for myself in in that time. But I don't think any parent should feel guilty about handing over and and having that time to make them happy. In fact, I was thinking the next feature coming along is mums go abroad because mums need to take that time that even if the dad's having a holiday at home or the mum has time on their own, just they really need to to realise that that freedom to be themselves. 100%. What advice would you give to other mums or other women in this age group that don't need to be mums? who want to give it a go and perhaps are feeling nervous for whatever reason? I think, first of all, it's just about having fun. So just go and play in the ocean, grab a bodyboard, go out for a dip, just have some fun and ride the waves. And if you love the ocean, then it really is worth getting a foamy and just learning to get out there and just keep pushing yourself a little bit more each time with no expectations, find some surfing friends, find a surfing group in in your area. There's quite a few women's surf schools and women's surf groups now. Just get to grips with the basics and then keep going, keep getting in the sea. And if it's your happy place, you won't be able to stop anyway. It it is a form of addiction. (laughs) So that was Hayley Lawrence. I loved her honesty about feeling fear in the sea at times having to walk away and regroup, but finding her way back. I really enjoyed this conversation. If you did too, please like, review and share with your friends. We have a big vision for Board Women and we want you to be part of it. So check out our upcoming events and how you can get involved at Board Women on Instagram and boardwomen.co. I'll be back in a couple of weeks when I'll be talking to Marlene Hilema 
at Image Maven, who is skateboarding in her 60s.